supermarkets gave consumers convenience, choice and affordability. For the butcher, baker and probably the candlestick maker, supermarkets decimated their family businesses. Shopping malls and out-of-town retail centres took another bite of the Main Street economy and it became as recognisable as that actor from nine and a half weeks. Can town planners, business owners and entrepreneurs save the high street? Or is it finally time to throw in the bed, bath and beyond towel and rename Main Street Dodo Drive? Hi Heidi and hi Brent. Hi. Hello again. Empty shops, boarded up shops. Do I remember it being a little bit like this even before the pandemic? It's kind of interesting and um, maybe... Maybe I'm somewhat here inspired by the cynical advertising that shop after shop says, prime retail location. Yeah, prime <laughs> for what and when. If you look at it from a bigger point of view, there's a tipping point. Moving in one or two shops isn't going to fix this. And right. there's a real seismic feel if you go to cities like Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., you will have entire shopping malls empty. So is, is this a result of the pandemic? This feels to me like it was a trend that was around long before. I mean, Amazon have set the stage to quite clearly say, if you work in retail, you don't need a brick and mortar establishment. Yeah, I think... The momentum started earlier before the pandemic. The pandemic, as with many things, exacerbated right, it because right. we have become Hermits. kind of addicted to fast solutions. Yeah. I order something on Amazon as long as it's before two o'clock, it's here the next day. Yeah. 90% of what they have will show up the next day because it's just across the river in Jersey. It'll show up. And I yeah. think that and there's. It's triggering us to, to want that faster and quicker. And the pandemic allowed them to take that behavior and ingrain it in us. Right. It's not just a one-off. You can't solve this problem with this thinking that came before. And I find it interesting when you say, well, if I'm going to start a, a new concept now, I'm not going to base it on in-person retail. That's an incredibly valid insight from the entrepreneur point of view. And mm. no one has told the real estate people in downtown that that's what's happening. <laughs> if someone's starting a small shop nowadays, you would totally tell them, get yourself some influencers, start it online, do it as a pop-up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the other set of questions is, so you're the mayor of a city. So you own in-city real estate. What are you going to do to get people to show up there if it's not going to be a shop like you've had for the last 80 years? And that's the intriguing pivot on the question, I think. It's not the potential shop owner or the person that's going to rent this retail space. It's actually the realtors that need to rethink their business. I think that they need to rethink their business or rethink what they're looking for. Because if you have 50 shop fronts on a street that are empty and somehow you sucker someone's crazy cousin into opening one shop there that sells socks, <laughs> they're yeah. going to be broken six months. Yeah. 
So what can you open that are going to get people to show up? And there's an old quote usually attributed to Henry Ford, which is, if I'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said they wanted a faster horse. (laughs) If you want people to be showing up in town, you have to give them a unique reason that is not to buy socks because you can order those off of Amazon. I remember bookstores were having to reinvent themselves when Amazon was only selling books. So a lot of them turned themselves into more of a destination and a community space by putting in a coffee shop and encouraging people to come there and work on their laptops and hang out. Are we looking at something like that on a larger scale within a city? I think you're starting to see that. A lot of banks have realized they don't need all their real estate to do banking anymore because most people are doing it online since the pandemic. So they are putting coffee shops and workspaces, open space in the front of the bank to get people in to there. And you may do a little banking, maybe. They're tied into a lease and they're trying to figure out how do I maximize this lease because I'm stuck here. They will be closing them down as they can get out of the leases, I'm sure, because what does a coffee shop and a bank have to do with each other? Absolutely nothing except they're helping each other. And if if you're bringing Uh, in entrepreneurs in that sort of like um, WeWorks type space, mm. and right next to you is where you can sign up for your business account or you can talk to a a business advisor, that seems to be... A connection. How often you it, need that service, I don't know, but there is some. There is a connection. Right. But, That's kind of the, yeah. the challenge, yeah. I think, and, is how but, often. But it is this innovate your thinking. One of the most exciting places for, it seems, tourists and locals to go in New York City is something called a Harry Potter experience store. God okay. help us, people show up between the ages of 12 and I think 62. <laughs> to buy their wands, wow. to drink their butterbeer. Oh. You see them walking the city with their shopping bags, wow. and now you're seeing that Harry Potter experience store being replicated in other yeah. cities. So it's interesting that someone did say, how are we going to make money on something people want to come into town for? Right. It acts as an anchor for other businesses. Don't but have too many of them. Keep it limited. Keep it yeah. unique yeah. and exclusive. Yeah. Uh, the same thing with the, the Van Gogh experience or any of those other projected projects. I don't know if you've seen any right. of those. So we recently went to one. The cost was insane to go see something that was projected on it. Yeah, that, I think that was here in Denver a little while ago. Whether it's the bank that's sharing the coffee shop, whether it's the Harry Potter experience, it's virtual reality art. Those are the things that seem to be getting people to come into town, to engage, to want to come out of the house, not buying socks. And interestingly, theater performances are down. They're down 40%. Wow. Kids' sports participation at parks are down 40% approximately. Museums are having a hard time getting a draw in again. Right, right. We, we all seem to be very desperate during 2020 to get outside and, and, and to mingle, but it didn't take us long to get out of practice. No. <laughs> yeah. We can look at and attempt to lay blame on many things. 
the economy is on shaky yeah. ground. Yeah. Right now, employment's very good. It was for a while on shaky yeah. ground. Yeah. Uh, Continuing COVID numbers. Yeah, it's COVID. It's not COVID. Who knows where we'll end up in the winter? Yeah. So I think people are a little timid in re-engaging, but at the same time, they're engaging with things that you're like, Harry Potter store? <laughs> where did that come from? Harry Potter was 15 yeah. years ago, 10 yeah, years yeah. ago. Why is it now an important thing? Well, the people that read it years ago now have disposable income, yeah. and they have kids that they want to you know, buy the kid a wand. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really a Harry Potter fan, to be honest. Restaurants were having a hard time. That's starting to come back. But yeah. it's, they're not a full yeah. swing. Yeah. yeah. No and, one's at full swing. And I just, I find it really jarring. These acres of prime retail space, that's not going to get anyone in there. No. If you want to revitalize these areas, which is important for crime rates, it's important for tax rates, it's important for a number of different things, yeah. what appears to be showing green shoots of success are things that are unique, one of a kind, engaging or different. Or a group of shots that complement each other. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about that, like an ITSY consortium, yeah. bringing their crafts and their skills into a area. It wasn't that long ago when supermarkets ripped the heart out of the high street, the local butchers, the local grocers, mm. and we had to rethink high streets. And now it seems like we're having to rethink them again. It's like the second time in one generation. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there are good ideas yeah. out there, but they're not necessarily being fostered enough. Right. But there are interesting ideas if you want something that's not trying to build a faster horse. <laughs> We've moved on from the horse and buggy, so what's next? And that's the precipice that we're yeah. standing yeah. on. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Heidi Brent. So what, what have we got to look forward to in the next episode? Put me in, coach. Okay. You remember I the song? remember the song, Put Me In, Coach. Don Henley. Put me in, coach. Yeah, I'm ready I'm... to play center field. Oh, yeah, I don't center know that field. One. Oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Is it about hockey? No, baseball. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> oh, you Crick Brits. Cricket if it's adjacent. not cricket, you don't know what it is. Is it rounders or is it netball? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I look forward to basket netty ball next week. Mm. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. We'll talk See you next, next week. week.